You're listening to El Yoshi Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. All right, welcome to the new episode, Yoshiden. I'm here in Studio City, right, Bobby? Yeah, it's on the verge. It's weird they say Studio City, Universal City, North Hollywood, uh, West Toluca Lake. Yeah. I don't know. I think the zip code is North Hollywood, though. Uh, I'm here with Bobby Miyamoto, a very funny uh, he- uh, comedian, national headliner. Um, he opens of all some of the biggest names in the comedy world, and he's also a writer. And a uh, longtime friend of mine, I'm, I'm really happy to have him on the show. And he lives in Studio City. And uh, if you're listening to this show, you've never been to the States in California. It's a really nice area in the Valley. Um, it's really weird because you live in an area within half a mile. You have some of the big name porn stars that live in the area. You know, it's odd. I, d- I wouldn't have thought that. I don't see him. I go to the Ralph's right up here in oh the corner. Oh, my God. There's a lot of porn people that go that that one. They yeah. Film, they'll film stuff there. Like a girl walking to Ralph's, getting out of the parking lot. Uh, my friend Joy Severa lives within about a mile, barely a mile. He would take his trannies to that area. He'll pick up a transsexuals. He'd make in that moves. area. In that area, yeah. Um, Christina Rose used to live in that area. And I know... Um, about a mile or so. Well, well, there are good-looking girls that go to that Ralph's, and even a lot of people hang out at that Starbucks there. A lot of porn people. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to keep my eye out. I mean, I go sometimes I walk up that hill. There's a hill that goes mm-hmm. behind the Ralph's a little bit, and I walk up the hill, and I see good-looking girls over there, too. There are a lot of good-looking girls because there's a lot of show business stuff. It's a, it's a very central, you wouldn't think of area in the valley centrally located, but it is because the freeway is right there. And, and also you can jet the back way through Laurel Canyon and you can be down in Hollywood in literally 15 minutes. Right. In the heart of Hollywood. And, you know, you're not too far from um, Burbank. Burbank. So have- Burbank is great. You know, people make fun of it. I, I think Burbank's great. I don't know why they make fun of it because for years it was the home of Tonight Show and other TV shows there. Warner Brother, ABC yeah. is there, yeah. So this is like a really great location for if you're in the entertainment business, adult business, and a lot of uh, show business type are here. In fact, if you go Ventura Boulevard, yeah, a lot of sushi restaurants where a lot of these executives meet with the clients, make business deal. One of my favorite was Nozawa, which is close down. That was a very famous sushi place, and uh, every time Jim Norton did it, his Tonight Show yeah. segments, we always go to Nozawa. Where was it? You know, there's one down, I forget the name of it, but it's an all-you-can-eat sushi place. No, Nozawa was different. They used to, Nozawa is a name after a guy named Nozawa. Yeah. They used to call him Sushi Nazi. And Ray Romano, when he used to make uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. Yeah. Three times a week uh, when they're filming that show, they will go to Nozawa. I mean, it, it was considered the best sushi restaurant in California. Why would it close? I, I think the rumor was he was getting old and maybe he's L, sick. And uh, they replaced Nozawa with Sugarfish. Which oh, is, uh, Sugarfish? Okay. It's owned by Nozawa. It's his son running it. But Sugarfish is like the, uh, 
I don't know, new sushi after the Nozawa, but sugarfish is all due to Nozawa, Mr. Nozawa. Yes, sugarfish, they're all over LA, aren't yeah. they? There's a couple of them. And they're really good, but I'm telling you, when Nozawa made those sushi, it, it was incredible. I mean, Norton, he fell in love with that place. We, we, went, we went, Jim Norton and I and his manager, Jonathan Branstein, every time Jim did Tonight Show segment, we always go to Nozawa. And it's not a cheap. Three people is probably pushing two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars. Now, would he eat real sushi, or would you guys order the rolls? Uh, you, you, uh, they just give you what he want to make you make and give it to you. You don't order. You don't really ask what you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, which is you know, like I guess chef's special, or you trust the chef's. Uh, Chef's choice. Yeah, but it, the, what we order was, it's called Trust Me. And uh, you just, you order that, he just give you what he want to give it to you. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. He just give you what he want to give it to you. Oh, really? Yeah, but he was that good. I mean, that motherfucker, Shelley's Theron, when she won Oscar, like uh -huh. a couple months after the fact, this is a rumor, she went to the Nozawa and asked something like California Road, something, well, he yelled at her. For ordering a California Road? Something, or asking too much sushi or there's certain etiquette that a lot of people don't know when they're eating sushi it drives those guys crazy there's certain sushi that you don't put soy sauce you just eat it as it is well, like what i mean i i eat sushi all mm -hmm. the time but i don't know that i know i would know the and i'm japanese i don't i don't know i i think i know but i i obviously i've been caught by my mom in in past like you're not supposed to do that fuck i don't know um i mean i don't i i have a Gut feeling what to do, but when Nozawa give you food, he'll say, "No soy sauce required." He would tell you. That. He he will tell you that you know, and you don't talk too loud. You don't go in there and you play cell phone. He'll he'll yell and um, make you leave. If you're sitting down waiting for somebody to show, he'll yell at you to get the hell fuck out of there. Even if you ordered something, if you're gonna eat with somebody else, you only allowed to sit down when another person's there at the same time with you. Is that his rules or is that general sushi? His rules. rules his rules. And he'll make CEO of NBC, whatever. It doesn't matter who you are. He'll make you stay in the line like anyone else. It was really strict. People, people just shut their fucking mouth and sit down and eat. But the food, it was unbelievable. I mean, I have to say, when he made those crab rolls, oh my god, it's it really melts in your mouth. And I yeah, it's amazing how good sushi. Once you kind of learn good sushi, yeah. how it does that. Because I could know, I used to never be able to tell the difference between a Seven Eleven California roll and you know, <laughs> yes. and a good suit. I would never until I started eating it regularly. Yeah, and I, I I think I think that's just probably true for stand up comedy because people who know a lot about stand up comedy they know when somebody being original and hack. Yeah, um, and no one wants to be told they don't have a good sense of humor or good taste in comedy. But just because you laugh doesn't mean you you have a good taste. Yeah. You know, you know you know when someone's good and someone's not. Even if they're popular making a lot of money, it doesn't necessarily mean they're respected by comedians. You know this well as I do. We don't have to name names. Yeah. But it's it's very similar to that. And um it was really interesting to watch Norton does tonight show. And after the show, we go to the one of the best, if not the best, sushi place in the country. It, it was just like a quality comedy with a quality meal after the show. And I really miss that because Tonight Show is gone and Jim's not doing Tonight Show anymore. And, um, you know, but in New York, is he not doing Fallon, you mean? 
I don't think so. I don't know how these things work. You know, you you work with a lot of big names, you know? Well, not a lot, but here and there. Yeah. I mean, for those, those of you, if you don't know Bobby, this is a pretty, pretty good example. I couldn't be more proud when I saw you at the Vegas opening for David Spade. I mean, that's what every headliner wants. Just warm up those fucking audience ready to go. They don't want to go and fight the audience. You know, they want that. No, and it's, well, it's a good gig for me, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's better to be headlining, but, you know, that an opening gig like that's a pretty nice gig to do. I was impressed. Your materials were not pandering. They're very smart and clever. And um, usually when you do a hacky material, comedians know, like, oh, I already know where the punchline's coming or punchline. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you surprise me, like, oh, that's really clever. I didn't see that coming. So, Bobby, you, you did a terrific job. I mean, I, I you were clean. You could you could be a little naughty if you need to be, but I I try to get I don't I don't get dirty yeah, but I will I will get a little edgy here and there. Also, kind of prepare them for what's coming because sure. uh, if if it just the way you dress a show because if I go out there and just do clean joke clean joke and then he comes out you know he's not a dirty comic either but mm -hmm. if he starts just depends on what he starts with and what he wants to do that night right. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Right. You know, but the crowd's there to see him anyway. So I can feel at about, I do usually 20 up front. Yeah. I can feel sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I can feel around 18, 17, 18 minutes. They're like, okay, where is he? Not all the time. If the crowd's really good, yeah. then no. But I have had those nights where I, I felt the crowd wondering where he was. And, and you know, uh, this probably doesn't make any sense to people over uh, outside of USA, but if you're a good NFL quarterback, you read the defense, right? And you could kind of, if you read it right, you know how to manipulate and deal with it. You're, you are a very competent comic. You could read the audience. Like, you do one joke, you could kind of tell, like, oh, they're, they're into this kind of material. And yeah, if exactly. they kind of act kind of weird, then maybe, eh, okay, I'll steer away from that. Yeah. And that night when I saw you, you killed it. Absolutely killed it, and uh, Spade went up. It was a really good show, and my friends were very, very happy. Um, I think I brought Christina Rose and uh, uh, Jada Stevens to Porn Girl during the porn convention, so, you know, you guys are very... It was the porn convention that... Uh, month. That month. That was two years ago. And what is that? Two, is that? How long does that last? A week? Uh, these days, I think three or four days, and uh, pure coincidence you guys were there, because every time I go to Vegas... And if, if I'm not doing show, I'd rather go see my friends do comedy, and you guys just happen to be there. Do you like going to see comedy on your nights off? Depends on who it is. Um, well, yeah, but unless it's a name, I, that's I don't think I, it's always a nice bonus when I'm out at night and I see yeah. a comic who you know I really like, and they go do a set, but. Just for, unless it's like a special occasion, I don't think I could go on my night off. And just I watch I movies. I um I'm I'm same way. I wanted to see you and see Spade because I've never seen him do stand up, and generally speaking, I I refuse to pay for uh, comedy tickets. Yeah. Um, not because I don't think comedians deserve to make money, but I I guess I am I'm in that business too, not doing very well, but uh, I w I will only pay money for very few people in my. Uh, I I get that. It's also like. Would you really buy somebody's album? 
Yeah. Would you buy another comics album? I mean, I watch them on Netflix and stuff like that, but I don't know. I mean, buying some, I don't think I've bought someone's album in a long time. I can't think, but uh, doing that. But I bought tickets before, like, of course, like Ricky Gervais. Every time I have a chance to see that guy, I don't have problem paying for it. I've never seen Seinfeld. I, I don't, I wouldn't feel bad paying for somebody like Seinfeld. Yeah. But even for like somebody like Louis C.K. or whatever, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of friends with him. Where, well, he's somebody you could, you could, he could pop into the improv or wherever. That's what I mean. And yeah. You could get, catch a set that way. I yeah. would pay for him, I think. I mean, if, if, uh, not if I wasn't if I if I I don't know maybe if I was in Phoenix visiting and something and he happened to be there and I yeah. wanted to take a girl there maybe I would yeah yeah but just for myself even at the incredible talent of Louis C.K. just because I you know I went to every episode of Lucky Louie when they're filming because Nort was on it I, I think I went to every one of them except one episode I don't I'm not saying I know the guy but I met him a couple of times I don't think I would pay for that I, I can only think handful of people I, I would do that. Um, even Rock, I've seen him so many times, comedy seller, you know. Seen David Chappelle. I mean, if you say Eddie Murphy came back, okay, I'll pay for that, you know. I I will go see yeah. him. I Ricky Gervais always, I don't know him. I met him at the Tonight Show, but he was really nice. But I wouldn't mind paying for that. And Louis C.K., uh, no, I mean, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and maybe Cosby. I don't know the guy, but I met him too at the Tonight Show. And I'm at the point I'm getting really nervous because I regret not seeing Robin Williams and Joan Rivers. I really regret that. You did you never saw Robin when he was he was doing sets in LA here and there? I always no, I just I always keep I miss them, yeah. you know. And uh, deeply regret it. And it's really weird because I'm friend with Jim, Jim Norton's manager and they represent him. I just kinda took it for granted. Oh, grab. they did represent him? They yeah, they did. And they knew, like, uh, maybe an hour before they released the information on media. Oh, they did. They knew about it, yeah. And um, I don't know. I think I just took him for granted, Bobby. I mean, he looks so youthful. He didn't look 63 to me, you know? No. I mean, you think about, yeah, he definitely didn't look 60. 63 is retirement age, isn't it? Yeah. And he, he looks so youthful that um, I just assume he's going to be around forever, you know? And... I'm, I, f I feel really sad not seeing that guy, meeting him at all in Joan Rivers. Like, I feel like I have a, like a little holes in my heart. Yeah, but if you look at it, the other th look at all the people who you have gotten to see. It's true. Carlin was a big one. Uh, I never got the chance to talk to him, but I got Russell Peters MC gig at Comedy Magic Club. Oh, really? <laughs> that was my weasel way of getting to the show free and like, um, but. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of people that I wish I would have met comedy wise, you know. Um, but enough of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Bobby, um, I guess you're from Hawaii, right? No, no, Idaho. I oh. grew up in Idaho. Okay. My dad's side of the family, they live in Hawaii. So is your obviously your dad's Japanese, right? Dad's Japanese, yes. First or second generation Japanese. He was born in the states or in Japan? In Hawaii, he was born. Okay, so he's and his parents his grandparents were in japan and so he was born in the states so you're, you're second generation japanese yeah. and your mother is 
white. Yeah. You're like French, German, and Irish. And she's from Idaho or? Uh... Yeah, Oregon, Idaho. Around okay. There. Well, Idaho, yeah, primarily. So did, did your dad tell you what was his experience as a kid growing up? No, he never really talked about That's it. That's pretty typical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you have to make a guess, not good, right? I mean. No, I mean, they grew up poor in Hawaii, which a lot of people, they don't know that, you know, they think Japanese, they think, oh, you have money, you yeah. know? But, you know, when he was growing up in Hawaii, it was a poor area. I He, he, he shown me the areas where he used to live mm -hmm. and i mean kalihi is where he kind of he, he grew up around that area yeah. i mean it was all around certain areas of honolulu but uh my family over there will tell me oh yeah over there is where you know he used to live he went to a a good high school because he got good grades i don't know how they afforded it but he went to a decent high school and actually got a full scholarship to notre dame your dad did yeah and then they couldn't, they were like, it was so far. It's so weird now, but back then it's like foreign. They're like, it's so far away. We can't afford to send, to go, you know, he, to even buy a plane ticket there. Yeah. So he ended up getting a scholarship also to University of Portland and he went there. Oh man. And okay. I don't know what the difference is, but Notre Dame sounds like it has a lot more cachet than University of Portland. I mean, they have a huge tradition and it's, yeah. it is a big name. And I think... Very slim to USC. And he Alumni went, play good at taking care of each other, you know. Yeah. Well, and, but he just ended up staying in Oregon then. And. But yeah, and he was, I don't, even now I ask, I have more uh, relatives who will tell me what it was like back then versus now. A whole different. And they even, uh, they, uh they were they their apartment was was supposedly a couple blocks around the corner from where obama grew up you kidding me yeah oh, and I, I even have a cousin that yeah. goes yeah we don't remember him until like you know he oh the oh yeah then we remembered him like in like middle school the guy who worked at baskin robbins they remembered him but they, but they like growing up they're like yeah we don't remember him wow but now i mean certain like uh they, they lived right near there but you know they didn't have any stories about him or anything like that right yeah and your dad ended up but i did hear i've heard interesting theories over there about him okay i want to hear it and but i have no basis if this is none of it's true it's just right. hearsay yeah you know because you know the the big argument was whether or not he grew up in uh or, or he was born in the u.s and i have no my cousins they're not political so they they have no reason right. they're not like they don't want to they're not it's not like them standing on a high horse one side or the other but but at this point even if you could prove he wasn't it's too late now he's gonna finish the term you it's know too late now yeah. and yeah and does it you know but their theory the theories i've heard yes <laughs> i'll probably get emails about this but <laughs> but this is and this is probably one of my drunk friends high in a car that right. him and his buddies talked about, but that uh, nobody, they don't remember him being born there. But right. then again, could you really name the kids in your neighborhood who were born around then? Sure. You know, you, nobody could. And right. I don't know his history when he went, you know, when he was there, when he wasn't there. But then, but the theory was that he went to this school called Punahou there. And uh, 
um, it's like one of the best. It's it's like the best school. I mean, right. it's like kids go to Harvard from that school, which he did, but he didn't have great grades, and his parents didn't make a lot of money, right? Right. So there, people say, well, why did he? How did he get to Punahou? And then if if you don't have great grades, how did you get to Harvard? You well, he's half black, right? So yeah. the, uh, affirmative action might have had something to do with it. Even without great grades, that still you can get into Harvard. Does, is Harvard really? But but anyway, I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not arguing the yeah, point. Yeah. You're, you're 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 true. I mean, you're right. But the theory I heard from my friend, All right. a couple people, is that he his dad was CIA. Okay. And that um, his his real father or, or stepfather. The dad, the black dad, left way. That's way, a good question. I don't know because his his stepfather was this Indonesian guy, who married his white mother, and yeah. they ended up moving to Indonesia. And he was supposed to be professor or something. Well, th okay, then maybe it was that guy. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, that he was CIA because, and then they were able to cover everything up. Right. But I mean, I, I you're right. At what point does it matter? And I think they did prove the birth certificate anyway. Yeah, it's 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 like I wouldn't tell people not to talk about it or, you know, if that's what they're into and this is something that they want to investigate, go right ahead. But it's very similar to like, well, Booth didn't assassinate Lincoln. They they claimed there was a second shooter or something. Yeah. And like, well, what are you going to do at this point? Like, you're going to dig up the coffin and, the, well, it, you know. It's true, and let's just say that theory was right. Well, yeah. if his dad's CIA, then he should be allowed, I, I think. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, his dad served the country. Who knows what the real reason is, and maybe it is just what it's supposed to be, and everybody else speculating is just wasting their time. Right. But, you know, we're in that area. I'm sure people love to speculate. Um, <laughs> people are always going to speculate yeah. about stuff like that, you know. Um, like Barry Goldwater. He ran against Lyndon Johnson '64. Okay. Technically, he should he wasn't able he shouldn't able to run against him. Why? Because he was born in Arizona, the state of Arizona, before it was state. He was born six months before Arizona became part of the union. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that was that wasn't brought up during the election at all. Democrats knew that, but even for them, Lyndon Johnson was a pretty dirty guy when it comes to campaign. But but even for him. He didn't cross that line, but technically, uh, Goldwater shouldn't sh shouldn't have been qualified to run for U United States uh, presidential office because, yes, he was born in Arizona, but it was before it was uh, became part of the fifty union. You know, just like Hawaii was like the second to last, or Alaska. I don't know which one was last, but it took time. I mean, he was that old. He was born like nineteen oh one or whatever. And Arizona didn't become part of the state until six months after the fact. So, oh, you know, know yeah. So, they, so, but would conservative bring that shit up? Because they just happen to like the guy. So they're not going to bring that shit up. You know how that goes? Like, people are very selective when they're What outraged. they want to pick the fights over. Yeah. yeah. You can let the, yeah, exactly. Um, if, you, if you read Christopher Hitchens' book, famous atheist, one of my favorite writers. He wrote this book, which is completely anti-Bill Clinton. He wrote that as a governor of Arkansas, he raped this woman called uh, Juanita Roderick. And I read about it and listened to her interviews. And I, I'm inclined to say I believe her, that 
he forced himself on, on her. Uh, let's say for a moment, uh, for sake, argument that Christopher Hitchens right, and I'm, uh, I'm right to agree with this guy, right? Yeah. Because Bill Clinton is a Democrat and support women's rights, do you think most women's organizations are even going to pay attention to that? Even if it's true, Bill Clinton promote their uh, ideology. They're not going to go out of the way to attack him. But if it was somebody else, like a Republican, you know what I mean? Like oh, people, for sure. People are always selective when they like and dislike someone, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, it yeah, goes, yeah. you know? This week with whole Ray Rice beating his wife, right? Yeah. Imagine if it was Roger Goodell's the commissioner's daughter or if it was a white woman, a black man punching. Maybe there was a reaction when it would have been different, but a mouthy black woman, you know, it's not right to punch her. But imagine if she was saying something like, that's right, I fucked your brother. Yeah, what the fuck are you going to do about it, faggot? I mean, can you imagine some women saying that? I mean, <laughs> don't say you never thought of punching a woman, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't. I mean, no, no. But, <laughs> We're not saying punch a woman, but. But everyone gets that angry where you, go, you punch something. You just hope that. You don't do it. it yeah, or you, you don't do it. do it when there's a camera around. <laughs> but, or you're not sure you can get rid of the tape. Yeah, so I don't know, like this all this outrage, but um, you know, all right. Sorry about that uh, technical difficulties. Um, so um, going back to Barry Goldwater, uh, <laughs> you wanna? <laughs> Are you gonna cut? Make that the transition? No, I, I don't do any of that oh. stuff. I'm too lazy to uh, edit. <laughs> So, Bobby, you were, you were saying um, you, want, you want to just bring it up? No, it reminded me when you were talking about Arizona. I lived in Arizona. I went to college in Arizona. I didn't know that. Arizona and, State? Yeah. Just and, like Brody. Stevens. Yeah, just like Brody. Spade went there, too. Yeah. And uh, um, I was watching this documentary the other day about the Arizona, the Phoenix lights, yeah. where there was those lights over Phoenix, and people thought that it was UFO, and that you can... Google Phoenix Lights. Right. And you always hear, and they had these lame excuses of what it was. And the governor of Arizona at the time, he mocked it. But then afterward, he said, yeah, I saw them too. I thought that they were aliens afterwards. It's amazing. Like, there's an area called Sedona over there. And I was never into this. But I was watching these documentaries, and I became fascinated about it. Right. And it always kills me how people just dismiss it. Oh, these people are crazy. But they really think in where there's there could be a billion galaxies or whatever that there's no other life. Right. It's fascinating to me about that. It's 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 interesting. Wow, it's interesting bring Sedona because that place Japanese are so obsessed with that place. Yeah. Like uh, Hol I never been there. I heard it's very beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. It's it, a pose. It's the it, the desert scenery there is you. It's 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 the nicest desert scenery I've ever seen. And and there's like uh, one of those retreats where you get massage and like a really nice place to relax and golf and like I, that's the only reason I know about it because Japanese always talk about it. But going back to Barry Goldwater, I love Barry Goldwater because he's a son of Arizona. He is one of the most honest politicians that we ever had. He's serving military, well respected, just really blunt and like a, a principal guy, you know, and. And uh, he, he will even criticize people within his party, uh, Republican Party. He used to say things like, 
you know, Richard Nixon was the most dishonest person that he's ever met. So, on. so he's a he's a he's somebody a straight I, shooter. Yeah, straight shooter. Uh, kind of conservatism that people in Arizona like. But he was also Air Force general, and he, I don't know, either in Arizona or New Mexico, he really believed there was a facility the government kept where they kept UFO and things like that. Oh, in Arizona. I, either it was Arizona or New Mexico. New I can't Mexico, remember. there's that theory about Roswell mm-hmm. is that where the aliens crashed, that theory was that they that's how they got stealth. Yeah. Is because they found the craft and that they ex- they examined it and went backwards right that way and also there that i think a couple there was enough i don't know exactly what it is but a couple aliens had died or something in the crash and they said it was like a hot air balloon the next day or something sure and there was a thing where there was uh there was different levels and they said supposedly the lowest levels you could not get to unless you had like the highest clearance and they that they thought that they were that there was aliens yeah and and, or you know that they had um ufos you know pieces of ufos that they were working you know that they had found and that that's what part of those uh compartments are now i used to live with a guy named dave johnson friend of mine for a long time and i'm not kidding first floor of his living room Wall after wall after wall, uh, books about conspiracy, Zionism, this, UFO, this and that, and, you know. And I don't know if you know a comedian named James Inman. I've heard the name. I don't know him, though. Um, he was in a movie called Unbookable, produced by Stan Hope. And he's in one of those. You know, before I met a guy like Joe Rogan, most of the guys who believe in conspiracy and UFO, I just think they're nuts, you know, because... They live with your mom. They don't work. You know, it's just like it just seemed like a loser type. So you kind of be more dismissive what they're what they believe in. Yeah. And I'm not being fair to it because there are others like guys like Joe Rogan who are very successful, a very rational guy believing that. So I was really prejudiced against it. But I'm I'm surprised like how many people that I consider really normal, rational people that believe that. And I'm not really sure anymore because. I have a tendency to dismiss stuff like that, but too many smart, creditable people that I know like believe that. So I'm I'm more like neutral at this point, you know. Um, I mean, if I see a bunch of rednecks in trailer park telling me that, like, ugh, I don't know about that. It is an uh, interesting argument why it's the people in a trailer park out in the middle of nowhere that sees UFOs and you don't see it in Man- over Manhattan. Yeah, but you know the day. After Pearl Harbor or something like that, that in Los Angeles, there were reports of UFOs over Los Angeles. And it was even in the paper. Really? Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. Yeah. if you There's a show on the History Channel that talks about... It's so low budget, but yeah. the production value is low, but... They have, you know, they have, like, clippings of newspapers whenever... Of, of things like even the Roswell or the Los Angeles. And the other thing, some of it can be attributed to, and I'm talking about this as an amateur who's just seen a couple of documentaries. Right, right. But, you know, it's they say like over nuclear power plants, there's UFO activity. Right. Or over military bases. There, or before, a, a, another one is before an earthquake happens that there's UFO uh, reportings. 
But you know, to, to be if I have if I may be a devil's advocate, but some of those people, like trailer park people, they also there's these are the type of people who also say they seen Elvis and shit like that. You know, I mean, yeah, um, or the uh, people that I mean, that's they've said that I've been a, abducted over sure. a thousand times. I mean, you would think at some point you would want somebody in the bedroom with you so that doesn't happen right. or at least be a witness or get a camera <laughs> yeah. there no you're right um I, I i don't know what to make of it i i just know that dave every year just about used to go to like ufo conference like arizona or something or new mexico but yeah I'm, i don't think i'd be willing to go to a conference i'll watch right. a documentary <laughs> but would you take it if if they said there was UFO abductions or alien abductions? They'll say we will abduct you and prod you, but we'll have it so you win the lottery. Would you take that? Or you already kind of do stuff like that anyway, except you don't get the lottery. <laughs> yes. Bobby's talking about my medical lab job. You know, this is what reason why I love podcasts because you just never know what you're going to end up talking. Because <laughs> I would never thought I would be talking about UFO with you. With me. <laughs> I would never, I ne it never even crossed my mind until I was bored, just started watching these documentaries. Yeah. And then I forget somebody was, then I got in a huge conversation about someone who was telling me about the moon landing and stuff. Sure. Supposedly when they were up there, that, that there's like these NASA transmissions that were left out and that they, they saw a UFO up there. Or when I was talking to Russell Peter, he, he tells me that he believed that we never landed on moon and shit like that, you know? Well, at... It, it is a crazy argument. I don't. I. I don't believe that. I mean, I do believe we landed on the moon, but it, but it, I don't know how you fake that, especially with reporters. It because there was reporters in NASA headquarters when that happened, watching right. it. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, this. I never have argued this one way or the other, but it just seems that's highly unlikely. It, it's. It's one of those things, like you know how even religious group in the same religion. There's different faction that believe something more than another. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess people who believe in conspiracy, there's a different school of thoughts. And like even among that conspiracy group, they don't really agree with everything, you know. So um, I'll, I'll be trying to be open minded. I'll listen to what they have to say. But. I, I well, you don't believe. I, you, so you're saying. Up until maybe a couple years ago, you didn't think life existed anywhere else in the galaxy. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't believe that. I mean, there's just too many billions of galaxies in space. You know, just as I can't say, uh, highly unlikely that there aren't any life. There are life. I mean, it just. I yeah, can't believe. Yeah, even Bill Clinton on Kimmel a, like a month ago, he was asking him if there was, and even Clinton was saying, "Well, there's so many." other like solar systems out there. I don't even know the, uh, the the proper terms, but he's like, it's hard to believe. Uh, odds are in favor that there's life. Yes. It just, it just gotta be, I mean, what's the chance of just one planet and one. Exactly. You know, it just is hard for me to believe whether there's intelligent enough to make a spaceship to come to. Well, according to yeah. documentaries, yes. they're way more technologically advanced than we right. are. Or, you know, when people talk about inventing time machine or whatnot, you know, and look, I'm not against it. You know, just I just don't want to get in pulled into that argument about something that 
I don't know a whole lot. Oh yeah, I, I don't want to. I, I don't. Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to get hit. At I know what you're. I just like to think about that stuff. I couldn't argue it yeah. one way or the other, and I'm open-minded enough. But I don't. I there's some things that I think. Like I saw this one thing where this lady was talking about how she's been abducted, and yeah. after a while you watch her for a while, and you're like, clearly she's nuts. Yeah. I just don't like when somebody's passionate about it. I get into drag, into the conversation, and I can't leave. That's what I'm most afraid oh, of. Oh, when they sit there and, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, let me bring this book. And, like, you know, like. Oh, they want you to read, like, a 400-page book. Yeah, and show me pictures. And, like, okay, or. Where the prologue is 100 pages. Yeah, yeah. and today's 9-11, so, like, there's a lot of 9-11 conspiracy. Like, I don't like what happened in New York City, but I don't really have to get nitty-gritty detail about what happened or supposedly happened or conspiracy this and that or all the Jews and World Trade Center were somehow able to get out of there. I don't know. I mean, I don't want, I just don't want to <laughs> drag into that yeah, rabbit hole. I have friends that believe that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not that kind of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. I'm sure they have a ton of facts, but just when I think about this and let's just say there was a conspiracy, my take on it is that's not a one man job to get that done. Yeah. You're talking a couple hundred guys would probably have to get that done. And you don't think that one of those people would say, hey, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. Right. Or they're able to keep their mouth fucking shut. Yeah. Or I just don't think government is that clever, you know, but. Um, you know. No. And even getting someone into a group of, room, uh, you know, a group of people in a room and say, here's what we're going to do. You don't think are these that many people brainwash enough? They say, OK, well, let's get that done. Yeah, it's once again. I don't want to be in that spot and arguing with somebody. You know, yeah. Um, anyway, I I know um, um, you got to leave soon, but I I want a quick question. So you, yes, grew up in uh, Idaho. Idaho. So what was it like being a biracial person in Idaho when you were growing up? You know, back then. Where Boise, Idaho? Yeah, back yeah. then it's changed since I was there, but. It was, it's more of a city now, and it's yeah. actually become a cool, like Boise's a great, you, you've been in the Pacific Northwest, Boise, have you been to Boise? Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, I was there a long time ago too, but back then, there wasn't many Asians. I had a one Asian friend, I knew a couple of other Asians. Yeah. There was, but it was back then, I mean, it sounds, but I would get called chink. Yeah. And I'm Japanese. Right. You know, and I'd get called gook. And... A lot of times it was joking, but at that age, you know, it, it doesn't feel good to get called chink, you <laughs> yeah. know? And now, right now, you could call that to me. I wouldn't, that, names don't hurt me. But, you know, at that age, you're like, oh, I'm different than people. And there wasn't, there wasn't different ethnicities there. Yeah, it's mostly white. Yeah. I mean, what is, boys is famous one, like Albertson, isn't it? Albertson, Joe Albertson, yeah. Uh, what was it, like a Cal computer company they used to have over there? They used to make computers there. I know Hewlett Packard. Yeah, they used to put those boxes like uh, color like a cow. And is Hewlett Packard was there? Is Dell isn't no? Boys I, if it is, I no Dell's Seattle, isn't it? So it was Hewlett Packard and Albertson and or Microsoft. Yeah, and Potato, right? Like <laughs> yeah, uh, Sim Simplot Potatoes. That's who makes McDonald's French fries. And it's an idol. Yeah, and people, you know, I used to play soccer as a kid, and we'd play other, go to different, and they would 
call us potato pickers. Yeah. But I had never seen a potato. F- I probably did, but I didn't know what they looked. But everyone would say potato picker, potato picker. And I had never seen a potato field. I probably did, but I just yeah. didn't know that they were a potato field. And and there was black, not very many black people right. at all. Now there is. But, I mean, this is, it, it's, it, Boise's booming right now. Yeah. It's, it's a different, completely different city than when I was there. So wh- why did your parents decide to live in Boise? No, well, originally my parents lived in Portland. Oh, okay. And then my parents got divorced. Okay. So then my mom took me and my sister to live in Boise with my uh, grandma. Okay. Yeah. So... Overall, I mean, you got racially teased here and there, but yeah, but I had friends. I, I, you know, they were they would joke about it, but it didn't. I don't know. It didn't bother. It bothered me, but not like how it bothers some people. Right. You know, I never got like like say you tease someone with a big nose, you could make them cry. Right. It never made me cry. Nothing like that. Yeah. But I never got in fights over it or anything like that. I see. Yeah. So but I've always been like you know me. I'm pretty mellow guy. I'm a mellow guy. It takes. I just. I just let things go. That's my thing. Is is and it's probably a fault, but like I get along with pretty much everybody. Some people, if I don't get along with them, I just don't talk to them or so. But I never am like confrontational with them. You know. And because how long I've known you? At least ten years, right? At least. Yeah. I think I met you. Very first time in Seattle. Yeah. Just, but I was up there. I think you were living up there at yeah. the time. And then I knew you when you, uh, when you came down here and you were working and you would show up at comedy clubs passing out porn. Porn, DVD. yeah. <laughs> and I met a lot of interesting people through porn. And um, it was always odd. Like, you know, now you see a lot of Asian kids doing stand up, but I, I always thought it was funny whenever I meet. Asians during kid like 10, 10, 12 years ago, you know, it's just like there wasn't a whole lot of us, you know, and no, I, I thought you were very funny, but your, your last name always made me laugh because that's such a like old name. It's an old and I and I don't look Japanese. I mean, they, once you look at me, you can tell Hoppe a little bit. Yeah, but you can't. I really have to squint to see you. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if I told you my name was, you, you know, my last name was Miller. You might, when we first met you, I mean, you, you're Asian, so you might see Hoppe a little bit, but the average person probably wouldn't see No. I mean, if you told me it was Miller or something, I, I, I don't think I would suspect you're half Japanese. I get, I get Mexican, I get Jewish, I get Italian. Never, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, 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 get, I get Japanese. They always say, even when, like if I'm in Hawaii, they know they... They know I'm I'm mixed something. Yeah, yeah. But then I open my mouth and they know I'm not from there. Right. Yeah. Um, like when you go to Hawaii, do people think you're from until you talk to them? I haven't. The last time, <laughs> last time I was in Hawaii, I just almost beat my stepmother to death. Fled Japan, <laughs> landed in Hawaii That's for like eight so hours. Good story. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you're laughing at that, Bobby. Um, so that was the last time I was in Hawaii. My friend picked me up at the Honolulu airport, and I was there for eight hours and then uh, got on my plane back to L.A. Oh, so you haven't spent time there at all then, really? I had chances to go there, but um, it's just a kind of weird thing to say, but Hawaii never really did it for me. None of the island place, which is ironic. Japan is technically island, na- island, but 
Puerto Rico, Jamaica. Huh. Well, I, you know what? I've been to those. I say this about Hawaii, and I've been to the Caribbean because I had done cruise ships all over the fucking Caribbean. Yeah. It doesn't hold a candle to Hawaii. Right. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm biased about that, but just, just the. I don't know the Asian fusion that is in Hawaii and just everything about. That's another it. way of saying it's safer. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it is safer, but not all areas. Yes. But it's, I don't know. I just think the beaches are nicer. I think. No, it 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 it's it's great. It's be- Hawaii is beautiful. I've been to Waikiki and Honolulu and all those places many times when I was a kid. Oh really? So you have spent. Well, time I had I, I had aunt that lived there. You know. So yeah. Like, First time I went was 79, 80. That's like mo- the Magnum PI years. Yeah. I mean, I was there when Obama was there. Or 79 when, Hawaii 5 years. And it was great. I, I was um, shocked with all the ethnic diversity. Growing up in Japan, everyone looked the same, you know. Like, I think that was the first time I saw a black person in Hawaii. I was like, holy fuck, you know. Oh, I didn't really? Think, I didn't think white people. Oh, I knew white people existed because they were white Mormons. Yeah. Bothering people in my neighborhood in Japan. But when I saw black person, I didn't know black and Latino and, and, and all those people really existed. I saw them on TV, but I'd uh, never. Yeah, I'd never been to I'd never been to. I've still never been to Japan. You haven't? Is, no, it's one of the places. But I go like I look at I have old like aunties and uncles in Hawaii and I'm yeah. like, they're full Japanese. I'm like, you're I look at them. I'm like, you're Japanese. Yeah. Like you're Japanese. But then I see tourists in from Japan and like Waikiki. I'm like, wow, you're really <laughs> fucking Japanese. Yeah. I always said the Sher- there's a Sheraton in Waikiki. Have you seen? I was like, they should go. There's Sheraton of Asians around here. It really is. And I mean, I had said one thing I did like about Waikiki, all the hookers walking down the street. Oh, now there's a street over uh, called Kuhio. Oh my God, it's Hooker Central. Yeah, and they're all methed out. They're so just, you did like that about Waikiki, or you didn't like? I that? do like. I, oh, you I do, do like love that. about all the pro- anything prostitution. I love. And, well, the, uh, the whole needle thing scares me. Being around that type of scene. What needle thing? If they're shooting up, you know, oh, the crystal meth. Because when someone's yeah, I'm on not crystal into that. meth, someone's on crystal meth, they're out of their mind. You never hear. You never heard someone say. She like he's a mellow drunk. He's a mellow pothead. You know, you never hear someone say he's mellow when he's strung out on crystal meth. It's it's a bad uh, news. Interesting enough, people who created crystal meth, Japanese people. They did. Yeah, this is um, um, I always get this mixed up, but either Germans discover and Japanese perfected it, or Japanese made it and Germans perfected it. But it's one of those two. Perfected it. Yeah. I don't know how you say that drug's been perfected. Well, it's Japanese soldiers were using speed and crystal meth to fight, so they were up twenty four seven. And kamikaze pilots were using speed, crystal meth. Um, this is a fact. I mean, they were when they're fighting those uh, tropical area in Asia. And they have to constantly be w- prepared to fight. They were taking speed, so they were ready to. And how would they would they snort it or would they? I don't know how they concern it, but um, they probably weren't smoking. <laughs> you see a guy in a. But it was uh, thanks to Japanese pipe. and German, the speeds were speeds were made, you know, and uh, they used it for the war. And um, yeah, I used to see those guys in Hawaii. I, 
Well, I'll tell you what. If I was a kamikaze and I had to put my plane into a ship, yeah, I might as well be high at that. High on too. something, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I didn't know we were going to talk about crystal meth, prostitute, and <laughs> UFO aliens. But the, tell me, so you grew up. I mean, how did you get into comedy? I know you went to school in Arizona. I started out as a writer. And I started, I wrote for a radio center. I graduated. I came over here because my mom actually had moved to L.A. while I was in college. Well, Why did you not, pick Arizona State? Because my mom, actually, when I was in high school, my mom got a job in Phoenix. Uh. So my senior, the end of my senior year, I had to live with a friend in Boise. And then my mom moved down to Phoenix. So, uh... It was a weird thing about like if you're who when your parents get divorced, like my dad can claim my sister, and my mom can claim me. So my sister got to go in state tuition in Oregon. That's where my dad lives. And my I got to get in state tuition in Arizona because my mom mama. claimed me. Right. So, you know, that's something for kids to think about, you know, yeah. wh whose parents are gonna claim them and where you want to go to school. Cause if my dad had claimed me, I probably would have gone to Oregon. But my mom did, so I got in state tuition in Phoenix. At Arizona State, and then after school, I moved to LA, and then I started doing. Uh, I wrote. I wrote for a radio syndicator, like morning. What did you show. study in Arizona State? Uh, communications. Uh, there's another, a very, very fucking famous comic and a TV producer and actor went to Arizona State. Who? Oh, fuck! He used to have a, a fake talk show on HBO. Um. Oh no! I could see his. How face. old is he? Oh, he's got to be in sixties now. 60s. Oh, not Gary Shan. No, Gary Shandling. Yeah, he. Well, he was from Tucson. He went to Arizona State, if I remember right. He did. He started creative writing or something like that there. So you have you Spade and Gary Shandling. I mean, I could Brody, be wrong. Brody Stevens. Brody Stevens. Yeah. There's there's other guys there too who I'm forgetting. In, in Arizona State, I have to say, I've been walking around the neighborhood. There's a lot of attractive girls that go attend It there. used to be. You know what, though? When I was there, they had the best-looking women in the country. Easily. But I go there now, and I go walk around their Scottsdale area. I'm like, Arizona's lost a step. I remember I used to be like, Phoenix, you'll never see better-looking women than... I, maybe it was Arizona State. Maybe the, it attracted the girls from other cities or whatever. Yeah. But you go around Scottsdale now, it's that bleachy, bleachy, blonde hair, you know, massive tattoos, huge fake breasts. You know, it looks like porn chicks who, you know, would shop at the Ralph's up here yeah. that supposedly go there that I don't never get to see. I I mean, I, I was impressed because because of the weather, they're wearing shorts and stuff. You know, at least I thought I saw pretty girls. I, I did a show for Gabriel Iglesias, like at the 10 p.m. Prov. No, it was like one of the first comedy festival produced by Gabriel, and I was in a dirty show. Oh, okay. And Marty Marino, who opens for him, is a good friend of mine who got me into that gig. And when I was hanging out with them, I remember in the corner there was this fat, goofy-looking, creepy dude standing in the corner holding a camera. And he was think he was acting like he he was checking his phone, but what he was doing like every time pretty girl was walking by, he was taking picture of their ass or something like that, and just banking it in his phone. Yeah, but the reason I caught it is is because it takes a pervert to catch another pervert. You yeah, know? Like, I could tell I could tell usually by working that business for a long time. Like, you get certain energy from certain girls. Like, this girl's really into sex and not, or this guy's a creep. I I mean. I, I catch perverts at these conventions when I do panels now, 
Com- San Diego Comic Con, Dragon Con, uh-huh. um, Stanley's Comic Cons and shit. There's guys who are, who are a fan of porn and they're a fan of Comic Con, and you see those few of them that goes both of them. I catch those perverts in the area right away, because comic book conventions, San Diego Comic Con, those are even worse than porn convention. They're worse because they allow kids to go there, and these fucking perverts. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's so. So on. you can spot. Like a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, depends on who you talk to because, um, boy, I'm getting to a controversial area. Depends on who you talk to. Some people define pedophile as anyone who is attractive to a person who is under 18. Well, then, if you're going to define it that way, then that's I'm a pedophile. That's a law. That's not, yeah, that's not. Uh... But technically, but you know, technically, I think Jer- New Jersey is 16, I think. But technically, um, if you're attracted to prepubescent girls, they're usually girls uh, under 12 or younger. Uh, those are actually pedophiles. If you're attracted to girls who experience puberty, like 12 and older, yeah, those are uh, hevophilia. They're not pedophile technically. And there's also the rare one, infantilia, which is anyone interested in the kids three years and younger. Those are, those are like, even even pedophiles, like those are really Even bad. pedophiles, that's a yeah. sick dude. But something is even more rare than those guys is um, female pedophiles. You know, those are even rare. But um, so it depends on your definition. But to me, I even make a, a difference between pedophiles and child molesters. Pedophile basically means you're attracted to somebody young, young person, but that doesn't mean that you made that you cross that line and you molest them. See, there's people who are attracted to kids, but they they know that's wrong, so they're finding the urges, right? It's like but child molest. It would be cr- like me attracted to a supermodel. I know it's wrong to molest them, <laughs> but I'm still attracted to them. Uh, yeah, yours is more acceptable to being attracted to supermodels, you know, but um. But, child but I mean, I wouldn't try to lure them into my van with candy or whatever. I'd right. Maybe cocaine and hundred dollar bills. Bill. <laughs> wow, Bobby, you went. You went there. I didn't think you would. <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess depends what your definitions. I guess. But yeah, you, you could tell, you could tell the they're crossing certain boundaries just because girls in this sexy cosplay outfit doesn't mean you could just grab them and i saw that too you know um and the guys who are trying to molest these girls they're in the off, uh, outfit too so if, if a batman a guy in a batman outfit grabs some chick with tits runs away there's hundreds of other batman you know what i mean like you know, that's, that's a good point that's that's why it's just one of those weird plays i mean i i uh anim uh what is it anime con or something i did i did a convention like six months ago where i was literally going to group a like mother daughter group and like interviewing like what do you what do you guys deal with this like weirdos even though i am weirdo yeah but yeah. i'm interviewing them but uh, i i think they're uh pretty well aware of uh what happened to those conventions but um uh bobby you have to go but um just quickly yes so o- overall you were writing you got in comedy yes um when did you make a decision to get a stand-up and you know i got well i had been doing it here and there and then i was just doing it coffee shops and then it wasn't something i wanted to do for a career i wanted right. to move on and do other things like write or you know 
host, do yeah. that kind of stuff. And now I've started writing again, so you know that's enjoyable. But you work a lot with uh, David Spade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I open for him on the road on occasion, and then uh, you know I go out and do my own thing here and there. But not, I don't do as much stand up as I used to at all. You don't miss it? No. Well, I do miss stuff. I do miss it when I have a new bit or whatever, and I want to go out and do it as much as possible. If I don't have anything new, I don't miss going up and saying the same stuff. You know? Yeah. So it is a thing where it's a thing where if you're going to do it, you really have to do it and you have to keep doing it, you know, and keep being uh, prolific. So, you know, and, you know, and maybe I haven't been doing that lately and that's why I don't miss it that much. It's so refreshing to hear that because you're you're so honest. Most people wouldn't admit that, you know, and um, you're such a good stand up. And uh, um I, I hope whatever you're looking for, like writing job or producing a show or acting a TV show, works out. Well, for you. at this point, it's what pays the bills. I would never have said that ten years ago, you know. Yeah. When you know your creativity juices are flowing, but now I got to retire with some cash. Are you getting kind of beat down with? Uh, I don't. I don't want to say disappointment, but no, that happened a long time ago. It's a thing where I used to take disappointment really hard, you know, and yeah. now it's just. Certain things have come up, be like, okay, this is it. This is my one opportunity. Well, I might have not gotten that, and then yeah. the next thing came along, and I would be, and I didn't get that, you know. And then maybe I'd get a smaller thing, but, but you know, no, I never like I've, I, yeah, I took disappointment hard. I mean, he's still disappointed about some things, you know. But, sure. But you know, you just learned if you just keep going, you know, stuff will come up. Uh, maybe thing- not as much as it used to. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll have you on again next time if you're interested. But one quick uh, advice: if you have, I have people email me all the time. They're usually from overseas that they okay. want to come here, and they want to pursue whatever they want to pursue in the entertainment in LA. Yes. But you, you have any couple of advice for those people that are planning to come here, full of dreams and you know um, aspiration to come to LA? Because you've been here for a long time. Uh yeah. I, do I have any advice? Well, and I, I can't even, this may be hypocritical because sometimes, you know, you, you just want to sit in and not do anything. Yeah. But you just have to get out there and mm-hmm. be, and make your, you know, and I don't even do that as much as I used to, but it's like, even stand up, you have to go out there every night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is you hang out with people and eventually you have to go outside your shell a little bit, you know? Right. So if you move here, you know, you really have to go out and find it out what you want to do and, you know, if it's stand up, go hang out at clubs, talk to other comics, meet comics. Because you know, if you come here sitting in your apartment, that do- that's not that doesn't get anything done, right? You know, unless you're being productive in your apartment. In other words, writing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're just gonna sit home, no one's gonna come knock on your door and say, "Hey, I got stuff for it." You know. So you, you got to hustle. Yeah, you do. That's why you see guys at the improv. You know, that's why you see guys just hanging out. You know, as much as at a certain point you just don't want to do that anymore, it's just part of the game. It's. It, I just feel sometimes like we'll finish with this, but I feel sometimes. Do you remember Comedy Underground in Seattle? I played there once. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's Comedy Underground, one of my favorite clubs in the whole country. Does it still exist? It. It, it exists, but moved another location, okay. which I fucking hate. Um, it's not their fault because the original location had a, like a fire, vi- fire regulation or some kind of like um, 
it, it's just the building wasn't safer or something like that, so they moved. But I remember uh, going downstairs to do comedy. You go upstairs. Upstairs is a bar, right, Koswani's, and it's across from all the sports like Seahawks and yeah, uh, yeah. Seattle Mariners. So you see all these hot girls waiting for the players to show up, right? If you've been doing this stand-up thing or show business for a long time, you look like one of those old whore that never score with a yeah, rich yeah, player. Yeah, 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 And you're just sitting there kind of bitter, you know? And so sometimes I know you're right. You have to go club because sometimes just showing up to club, other communities are like, oh, man, um, you want to do this show. Sometimes you get gigs just showing yeah. up, you know? But it does feel like it's hard to go to a club because sometimes you see somebody who deserves something way less than other people yeah, yeah, getting yeah. it. And and then there's others uh, who, who are more bitter than you are. And like it's not a good thing to hear either. But yeah, I feel sometimes sitting there like, fuck, I'm really old. Like yeah, I see like 17 yeah, yeah. inch junior kid there full of dream and like, what am I doing? I'm like middle aged man. And it is. It's tougher as you get older, too. Yeah. Yeah. And. I made some bad decisions. I might have burned some bridges on the way, but um, um, I guess go there with a good attitude and hustle and uh, meet as many people and just keep working on your act and and try to be more business savvy. I guess you know. Yeah, that always helps. Uh, I never really pay attention. To that. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Thanks. And is, right. is, is there anywhere uh, people could follow your Twitter account? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Bobby Miyamoto, M I Y A M O T O. I'm on Twitter. I don't really use it too much. I try to here and there, but I don't. And then Facebook. But I just started doing Instagram, so I think that would be the best one. And the show that you're working right now for Fox? It's uh, Fox Sports. It's uh, called Fantasy Football Uncensored. Uh, check it out. They have a lot of funny people in Spade. You have Brody Stevens and a bunch of other talented people. And Bobby's working on it and uh, doing an outstanding job. So anyway, Bobby, thanks. All right, cool, Yoshi. Uh, good seeing you and uh, talk to you soon. Yep.